You are now tuned in to With Love J Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to With Love J. I hope that each and every person that's tuned in right now is having a good day. I hope that you're in a great space mentally, and I pray that you are continuing to fight the good fight. The times that we're living in right now can seem so uncertain, and there are so many people whose lives has been whose lives have been completely uprooted. Um, I have had quite an influx of people asking me. How can I get closer to God? I want a relationship with God, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I don't feel like God will even listen to me. So I wanted to do a special segment today on how to get closer to God. And I have highlighted five very important tips on how to get closer to God. The first thing that anyone who is ready to step into that power in God's kingdom needs to do is acknowledge that you want a relationship with him. That's, that is the foundation. You have to be able to say, God, I have been doing this thing all wrong, all wrong. And I, I, I'm ready for you, Lord. I'm ready for you to work into my life. I'm ready to give it to you because I can't do this thing anymore. I want the relationship with you, God, and I want you to be able to listen to me. I want to know that I have you. James 4 and 8 says, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It all first starts with the acknowledgement. You first have to, you have to be able to have a very uncomfortable sit down with yourself and, and read your heart. Say, I need this. I need this. Where I'm going, I'm headed in the right direction. I need God. You have to give that him. You have to give him that acknowledgement. I remember, (laughs) I remember when I first had my experience with God, truly. And I say that because I grew up in the church. I grew up raised uh i grew up church of christ i grew up a very hardcore christian i was baptized when i was 10 years old and i've always known god i always knew god but the relationship that i had with god back then is nothing of what i have now i always knew god but there was no personal relationship and i remember the very first time that the Holy Spirit convicted me. It came in and, and rattled me up. And I was like, whoa, what, what is this? What is this, Lord? I have never experienced you this way. I have never experienced you this way. I was going through so many, I was going through, it was just a backwards cycle. So many things in my life had uprooted and I was in a place of confusion. And there was a time where I didn't want to talk to God I thought that I didn't need him. I thought that, you know, me doing things the way I wanted to do them was going to be enough. I was a good person. Of course, I was a good person. But I thought that 
the life that I wanted, I could have without going through God's permission. And listen, (laughs) he came in and rattled me up, rattled all the feathers right off of me. And I just remember being so shook and, and not knowing what it was until I realized what it was. You know, it's that conviction. The Holy Spirit will come in and convict you and stop you dead in your tracks. Er, where you think you're going? Mm-mm. And for me, the Holy Spirit came in and was like, look, you've been running from this thing. This thing that you have inside of you, you've been running from it. You've been putting God on the back burner. You've been using God as a spare tire. You don't want to let him take charge of your life, but you want to depend on him. When you know you need him, you want to know that you have him available for whatever it is, but you don't want to give him power over your entire life. The Holy Spirit came in, came in through my front door, shut it right, shut it on hard right behind itself and was like, sit down. It's time to deal with this. It's time. And that's what conviction is. That's what conviction is. 2 Corinthians 7, 9 and 12 says, As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. That's what the Holy Spirit does. When we keep running from it, it comes to us knocks us right out of our tracks sit down all this that you're all this that you have been running from all this time you've been wasting it's time to sit down in that very uncomfortable space that very uncomfortable space that you have with your relationship with God put it to an end right it rattles us and a lot of the times it can come through it can come through trauma It can come through death. You know, sometimes we don't realize that we need God until he takes everything, literally everything and everybody that was important out of our lives. He might take your family member. He might take your job. He might take your finances. Oh, oh, don't let God take your finances. Don't let him take your finances. Then you're really going to have a problem with him. But he has to do something. The Holy Spirit has to come in and stop you in your tracks. So you understand who's first. And sometimes God will, God will allow these experiences to happen to us because we need our eyes open. We need our eyes open. And after we sit through that uncomfortable space with ourselves and we say, okay, God, God, okay, Lord, I hear you. I see what you're doing in my life. I want the relationship. Now it's time to be now it's time to be vulnerable. You've got to be able to come to God and put it all on the table because he knows. There's nothing that you can hide from God. He already knows. Every every grief, every trauma, every pain, every hurt, every guilt that you have those memories that you're holding on to from the past, those feelings that you're harboring inside, the pain that you have from situations in life, the resentment, the anger, the pride, 
We've got to be able to come to God and dump it all on the table. He wants all of our baggage. He wants our baggage. We have to be vulnerable and say, God, uh, can you take this from me? Can you read my heart? Can you come in and scan every piece of my heart? 2 Corinthians 6, 11 through 13 says, You are not restricted by us. You are restricted in your own affections. I speak to you as children to widen your hearts. What do you think that scripture is saying? You are not restricted by us. You are restricted by your own affections. You're letting the things that you have lived with all your life stop you from pursuing a relationship with God. You think that whatever it is that you've done is unforgivable. You think that whatever it is that you did is too great for God to to deal with. You think that it's too great for God to bear, but he says, no, come to me. Come to me with all of your baggage, put it out, and I'm going to put something new into you. And when that, and we can, and when we can get to that feeling of vulnerability when we can get to that level of vulnerability that's when we're really able to release it we have to come to God and surrender surrendering is hard surrendering is hard because surrendering says okay Lord I've been doing this the way I've wanted it but now I have to be in a position to where I trust you 100%. This is now my season where you guide me, where you're the pilot and I'm the co-pilot. And that's a scary feeling. That is a terrible feeling for a lot of us because the fear of the unknown is just too great. We want to know what's coming. We want to know what's going to happen in our life next. We want to be able to, to, to plot things out and say, okay, this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. But to be able to release it all to God, it's like walking through life blindfolded. You don't know if the next step you're going to take is going to be good or bad because you're not trusting in God. So when we come to him vulnerable, we have to release it all. We have to surrender. Say, Lord, I need you to take this thing from me. I need you to take these weights off of me. Lord, I've been carrying this backpack with 1,300 pound rocks on my back my whole life. And I need you to take it. I need you to take it so I can truly be free. That's what I call the release. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. This is the transformation. This is the transformation. When we come to God, we come to him impure, imperfect, garments filthy, greasy, full of stains, terribly beaten down. But he says, come to me. I'll give you rest. Give me those burdens. Give me all of that. Give it to me and trust me that what I'm going to do for you here on after is going to be much greater. This is what I need you to do. It's about obedience. Surrendering is about faith and it's about obedience. Another way that we allow ourselves to get closer to God when we're seeking him is, and this one's, this one is so, so important. It's setting boundaries with the world. 
Because when you come to God and when you enter the kingdom, you are to set yourself apart. You are not to be caught up in the worldly things. We are to be set apart. You are here in the kingdom to be a light in a world of darkness. So it's important to set boundaries with the world. We've got to be able to set boundaries with family. Sometimes family can be our our biggest enablers because your family has known you your whole life. They've seen everything that you've done. They've been there for everything. And, And them being that important in your life can sometimes make you feel bad for choosing to walk away from them because you're gonna have to choose. If you choose God, you're gonna have to choose between what's good and what's not good, what's right and what's wrong. And and our families don't always support us. Not every family comes from a a faith-based background. Not every family believes in God. So if you're the only person that believes in God and you've made the decision to, to step out, to step out on faith and trust him, yeah, they might laugh at you. Yeah, they might call you crazy. Yeah, they might call you this and say this about you. Or they might even try to do things that pull you back in, that make you back spiral. It's important to say, look, I need to have this conversation with you because I have made the decision to give my life to Christ. And I have asked God to remove any and everything that separates me from him. And the relationship that I have with you, as much as I love you, the relationship that I have with you prevents me from serving God the way I want to serve God. And these are conversations that we have to have with everybody, our family, our friends, people that we're in a relationship with. If having a relationship with your family or your friends or your partner sacrifices the relationship that you have with God, you've got to make the decision. You have got to choose because you don't want to be in a position where you're walking on the fence with your faith, where you're believing in God and you're trusting and you're praying to him to bring you into new seasons, but you're allowing everything from the past life, everything from your old life to bring you back in. It's okay to set boundaries, healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries are amazing because they come out of respect and they come with love. It doesn't mean that you never have to speak to this person again. It doesn't mean that you never have to talk to them or engage with them, but it's choosing to distance yourself because you need need that gap to protect your spirit. And it's hard. It's hard to tell your family I can't come around anymore. I I can't go out with you guys. I can't go partying. I know that every Friday we have girls night and we go drink and we we turn up and we take vacations and we're we're on Snapchat filming everything we do and we're getting crazy. I, I can't do that anymore because I've chosen to serve God and I can't serve two masters. I love you. I love you dearly. But this is where I draw the line because I choose God first. Those are very real conversations that we we have to have with the people we love. And the thing about it is when they really love you, when they really love you, they'll understand. 
they will understand. They will say, I respect what you're doing. Even if they don't agree with it, if they love you, they will tell you that they respect what you're doing and they will allow you to set that healthy boundary. So never feel guilty. Never feel guilty for choosing God. We have to be able to put filters into what we allow into our lives. Because the same way that God wants us to set us apart from the world, He wants us to feed our spirit with things that are holy, with things that are good, with things that are pleasing. So my next point is that you've got to be able to put filters on what you allow into your life. You've got to be able to put this screen, this this filtering. Okay, this is good. This is not good. This is good. That's a that's a mental process. It comes in mentally and your spirit has to be able to say, all right, what are we going to do with this? Is this good for us or is this bad for us? And this particularly pertains to how we entertain ourselves or how we allow ourselves to be entertained. The secular music, listening to music that is not of God, listening to music that promotes, you know, a worldly lifestyle, music that's full of curse words, music that's full of sexually explicit content, that has to go. That has to go. The, even the TV shows that we watch. You know, sometimes all, when you get home, all you want to do is put on a good show. Vampire Diaries and, you know, American Horror Story. I'm just naming a few. I'm not, I'm not saying anything specifically about these shows. I'm just naming a couple. But these, you know, TV shows and movies that don't, that don't feed your spirit. What you put into your spirit is what your spirit produces. The music that we listen to, the TV shows that we're watching, the conversations that we have with people. You have to ask yourself, can God stand here next to me while I'm doing what I'm doing and be proud? If he was here right now, would I be able to do the thing that I'm doing currently? And would it give him glory? Does this, does this give him glory? Does this music that I'm listening to bring him glory? Does this TV show that's full of fornication and premarital sex and full of demonic activity, is this movie that I'm watching that's, that's, that's giving a message of spirituality and witchcraft, does this glorify God? If the answer is no, you know what you have to do. Put that filter on and leave it on because what you feed your spirit is what becomes of you. When you're feeding your spirit these, these, these music, these, these uh, songs that are full of bad language and the message is about killing or the message is about, you know, deceiving men, you know, and this was something that I had to do myself because I love hip hop. I love R&B, but I had to say, okay, some of these lyrics don't, these lyrics are not okay. They're promoting a message that's not of God. And I don't want to feed that into my spirit because I don't want that poison coming into me and corrupting me. I don't want that. 
If the thing that we're not doing, if the thing that we are doing is not giving glory to God, then it's time to do something different. Instead of the secular music, put on some praise and worship. Listen to a, 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 a devotional on YouTube. Put on a podcast that's talking about Christian content. Feed good things into your spirit. Put on a TV show where you can learn about God. Listen to TV shows and and podcasts and watch movies that are glorifying God. And if they're not, you know what it's time to do. That's a big one because we get very stuck in our habits. My fourth point is dedicating time in your life daily to talk to God every day. The word relationship is a relationship. The same way we develop friendships, the same way we develop relationships with those we are dating, we take time. You have to spend time with the person to get to know them. When you meet a new guy or when you meet a new girl or when you meet a new friend, you take time to tell them about you They take time to tell you about them and you spend time together. That's how you get to know each other, by spending time. And we we are to have that same expectation when we're developing a relationship with God because the only way to get to know him is to spend time with him. You, You want to build a relationship that is intimate with God where you can come to him, get to know him. How do we get to know him? through the word, the Bible, the scriptures, the text. Everything that we need to know about God is in the Bible. And the only way to develop that relationship intimately is to go into the word. Go into the word. Read about who he is. You'll learn so much about God. You'll learn what he loves, what he hates, what he wants from you the expectations that he has for you coming into the kingdom and pray. Talk to God openly and freely. Doesn't matter where you are. When you wake up, talk to him. In the middle of your day, talk to him. When you have a few minutes in between what you're doing, talk to him, thank him. Thank him for all that he's done in your life and and allow him to work in you. But you've got to take that time personally to just say, God, I'm coming to you because I want to get to know you. I want to get to know you. The time that we have through our day, we've got to be very careful about how we're spending that time. Replace the idle time that you have in your life for time with God in any way way that it comes. When you're sitting at home and you're not doing anything, you just got off work, you're watching TV, that can be time spent with God. And there's a scripture for that. Colossians 4 and 5 says, Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Look at how you walk carefully, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. God wants you to spend your time with him. Free time, whether you're out and about, or whether you get off work early 
You're scrolling through Facebook, you're scrolling through YouTube, scrolling through TikTok. Cut back on that. Dedicate some time with God. Set some time apart to talk to him every day, whether it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour. Block out the world during that time. Go away quietly. Look, I'm about to go talk to God. I'm about to get into my prayer. I need you to give me this time to myself, please. Turn off your phone. Disconnect from the world. Whoever's trying to reach you, they'll be okay. They'll be all right. Take that time to to dive into scripture, to dive into prayer, and to let God know, all right, Lord, I'm here. I'm here. I have shown up. Speak to me. Speak to me. And sometimes, sometimes it's hard to hear God's voice. Sometimes we go through life and we're doing everything right. We're reading, we're praying, we're going into scripture, we're living righteously, we're walking holy steps. But it feels like sometimes I don't don't feel like I can hear God's voice. Why can't I hear God talking to me? Or maybe you're reading your scriptures and you can't quite understand. It's too hard to understand. Lord, I don't understand what this means. I'm reading and I'm doing daily devotionals and I've got a prayer journal, but I just can't, I can't understand, Lord. Why is it that I can't understand? Ask God to lead you in spirit. Ask God to lead you in the Holy Spirit and to fill you up with the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 30, 21 says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn right and when you turn left. God is always talking to us. God is always talking to us, but sometimes we just can't hear him. It seems like, ugh, I want to be able to hear you, God, but I can't, I just can't. Allow the Spirit to lead you. When you pray, say, Lord, I'm asking you that you send the Holy Spirit to guide me. Guide me into the scriptures that you would have me to read. Give me a message, Lord. This thing that I'm doing, I don't know if I'm doing it right. Lord, may you allow the Spirit to guide me, to be my steps, to be my GPS navigator. And when you do that, when you stop and silence everything around you, you'll hear God speaking to you. You'll hear God talking to him. And ask him to keep your cup full. Ask him to fill your cup up so it always stays full. I think of I think of it as this. When we come into God's kingdom, we're given this cup. We're given this mug. He pours into us. He's constantly pouring. He's pouring in grace. He's pouring in mercy. He's pouring in his goodness. He's pouring in his love. And as long as we're holding that cup, we're being... We're being quenched. But the minute we let go of that cup, he stops pouring into us. And when God stops pouring into us, that is when we allow access to other things that are not godly to pour into our cup. So now our cup has become tainted. And what do you do when that happens? What do you do when you've had your cup that was once full, but now it's, it's half empty or it's running dry. 
You ask God to fill it back up. Lord, pour into me, Father, every day. Every day, ask this of God. Pour into me. Pour into me so I never run dry. Because I don't want, I don't want the water of Satan. Lord, I only want the holy water. I don't want the world's water tainting this water that you gave me. I don't want that. You have to keep your cup full. You have to keep your spirit filled so that nothing else can come in. There will, there will be no room for nothing else. When you've got a cup that's full and it's running over, nothing else at all can pour into that cup. Ask God to keep your house filled, to keep your vessel filled, to keep your spirit filled. I'm reminded, I love this parable. I love the parable that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 12, 43, when he was referring to the parable of the empty house. He says that when an unclean spirit leaves a house, he searches about the world looking for rest. And when he can find none, he comes back to the house that he left to find it empty, to find it swept. So he then returns with seven more unclean spirits, leaving the man in worse condition than it was before. And that's what I think about when we don't pour, when we don't ask God to pour into us. Because it's one thing for us to come to God and be delivered. We come to God and we're delivered and we've surrendered and we've released everything out of us. So now that we've been released, we've got this, We've got this empty house and we have to keep the house filled with the Holy Spirit so that nothing that we have released will come back to us. Because when it comes, it comes harder. You know, unclean spirits and demons, they're like, they're predators. They come around just knocking on doors, seeing who's home. Anybody there? No one's there. I'm coming in, bringing my friends with me. But that can't happen when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Every day, every day, in everything that you do, ask God to fill you up with the Spirit. So your fire burns constantly. Constantly. Ask God to set your heart on fire every single day. Pour into me, Lord. I need to feel you. I need to feel the Holy Spirit. I invite you. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my home. I invite you into my vessel to keep me filled so nothing else, so nothing else can live inside me but you. And it can feel, it can feel very scary when we've stepped away from everything, trusting in God, and allowing God to take us where we want him to take us. It requires sacrifice. It requires sacrificing the flesh for the spirit. It requires sacrificing people we love because if they stand in between us and God, I can only choose one side, choose God. And it can feel scary because sometimes, sometimes we allow God to do all of these things in our life. And then we're like, okay, well, it's just me now. I I let all my friends go. I'm not going around to see my family. You know, my relationship ended because the person I was with didn't, 
glorify God. He didn't want to, or she didn't want to do things the right way. So it's just me and you, I guess, God, right? It's just us two. But that's not true. That is not true. The family that we are born with, yes, we can love them. We can love them dearly. But don't feel obligated to hold on to relationships just because you're being afraid. Just because you're afraid to be alone. Ask God to replace the people that he's taken out of your life. Ask him to replace them with people that will bring you closer to him. Ask him to send you your spiritual family. Because the family that we have here on earth, they're not our family. They're, they're, they are temporary family. Our family is eternal. Our family are our spiritual brothers and our spiritual sisters. The family is the body of Christ. So ask God to send people into your life that are going to help you on the path that you are on. Ask him to send people that are going to allow you to grow in him and to bring your relationship closer with him. Matthew 12, 43, sorry, 12, 46 through 50. Jesus was speaking to the people when he replied to a man and he said, who are my brothers and mother? And Jesus stretched out his hand and pointed to his disciples and said, here they are. Whoever does the will of the Father in heaven is my mother and my brother. Because the Lord knew that God knew long before we were ever born that the family that, that was given to us was not always going to be of him. So he wants to give us reassurance that even when we step away from everything, we're never alone. Pray, ask God specifically, Lord, send me, send me a sister, send me a brother, send me a spiritual family, a, a sisterhood, a brotherhood. Always say, always say, when you're coming up, you think everybody's your friend. You've got these friendships that you've had since you were in sixth grade, seventh grade, seventh, eighth, eighth grade, whatever the case. And the older you get and you go through life and you're like, man, those relationships that I had back then, I haven't talked to this person in years. I called this person my sister. I called this, this person my brother. I called this person my best friend. And I don't even know what happened. We just, we're not friends anymore. That's what happens. And that's okay, because God's going to send you a new family. He's going to send you that sisterhood, that brotherhood, the friendships that you have that you think are worth holding on to. Uh uh you'll realize later in life that they were not anything that you thought they were. So don't focus on developing friendships. Focus on developing sisterhoods. Focus on developing brotherhoods. Because you can always lose a friend, but you can never, ever lose a sister. You can never, ever lose a brother. So ask God to give those things to you. When you come into this spiritual journey with God, when you step over this threshold, you've got to be ready to surrender everything to him. You've got to be ready to give it all away. Say, Lord, here I am. Do with me as you please, Lord. And understand that it's going to be, it's going to be a, a journey. It's going to be a journey. We don't reach the destination until the Messiah comes to get us. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
But the things that we do here on earth have to be pleasing. We have to be living under his laws, living under his commandments, living faithfully, living lovingly, loving on everybody, putting our flesh to the side and saying, Lord, I'm killing my flesh to give way to my spirit. I no longer want to be me. I want to be who you would have me to be. Everything in my life that I thought that I wanted, Lord, give me a new vision because I want to be a new being in you. Purify me, Lord. Put me through the fire. Refine me so that I can come out golden. I want to be golden like you are, Father. So understand that it's a it's a journey. It's a journey. And every day, it requires the same thing as conditioning. Every single day, there's no days off. There's no days off where we don't wrestle against flesh. We wrestle against spirit. So keep your spirit fed. Continue to strengthen your spirit continuously and allow God to really grow in you. So I encourage each and every one of you that's listening to go away. This is my challenge to you to go away privately Take some time off to just get away from everything and come to God and fully surrender. Let him know everything that's on your heart. There's nothing that's too great for God. There is no sin that he will not forgive. But come to him and ask him to to work in you, to pull you in closer as you draw near to him. Allow his love to marinate into your spirit and give yourself time to grow in him and pray pray without ceasing whatever it is that you're going through just pray and say Lord help me to release this thing so that I can come to you help me to be able to set boundaries with my family help me to be able to set boundaries with friends Lord help me to block out the things that are not of you Help me to put a filter on what comes into my spirit. May all that I do, may all that I say be favorable to you. Lord, help me to dedicate time to you. Organize my thoughts, Lord. Help me to organize my time so that I can build a relationship with you, that I can put away the things that do not glorify you, Lord, and lead me in spirit. Lead me in spirit and fill me up so that I always stay overflowed so that my heart always stays on fire. Lord, and send me family. Send me some support, please, Lord. So that I always know that I have brothers and sisters to rely on. The road to glory is long and narrow, and few will stay on it. But I encourage you to take time to put God first. I want to thank you all for tuning in to this segment. As always, stay wonderful, stay blessed. Bye-bye.